A long time ago, in a bustling city in Syria, there lived a boy named Aladdin. Aladdin was an intelligent boy, though his family was poor and he was lazy. He could become much more than what he was, but instead chose a life of ease growing up. His mother tried desperately to get him to do something throughout his lifetime, but he always found ways to escape the work. As time went on, Aladdin's mother grew old and became unable to keep up with the work of providing for them both. Finally, she could do it no more and went to Aladdin. Aladdin, my dear boy, I love you so, but I am far too old to provide for us both. You refuse to find work and you will not cook or clean house. You must leave and you are not to return without the means to support us. I will turn you away again if you try. And so Aladdin was cast from the house and left to the merciless streets of the city. Because he had no trade and no skills, there was no work to be found, and so he was forced to resort to begging in the streets and stealing for his meals. He found an abandoned house to sleep in, and old threadbare blankets and torn cushions to use through the cold nights. Meanwhile, the Grand Vizier, the Sultan's most trusted advisor, paced his grand palace bedroom. He cast a glare down to the ring in his hand and rubbed it. Soon, a genie came from the ring. Tell me your wish, master. I wish for control over the Sultan. Complete control. I do not have the power to grant you such things. You will need a stronger genie. Then tell me where this stronger genie is. The genie of the lamp can help. His lamp resides in a magical cave filled with cursed treasures. If you set foot outside the cavern with so much as a coin, the tunnels will collapse, the genie of the ring warned. The vizier grinned evilly. I will find this cave, and if it is so dangerous, I shall send in someone expendable to fetch it for me. The vizier set out to find such a desperate fool to believe him. Aladdin sat in the streets, watching the wealthy pass by. His stomach was hollow, and his clothes had since become as dirty and threadbare as the blankets he slept under at night. He had grown thin over the many long weeks as well, and a few times had nearly been caught by the guards when stealing his meals. He watched as a wealthy man approached. He must have been a merchant based on his fine robes, but not so fine as to be royal. It was embroidered elegantly with gold and silver thread, and made of a rich, fine silk. The man stopped in front of him. Spare some bread, kind sir. I'm afraid I have no money for myself. I can grant you so much more than bread, dear boy, the merchant offered. I can grant you a life of luxury and wealth, if only you would help me with a small task. Aladdin, desperate for this supposed salvation from his life on the streets, agreed to this. Of course, take me to this mass of wealth. I will help you with anything you need. Perfect, my dear boy. The merchant took Aladdin away from the city and deep into the desert, not stopping even when Aladdin's feet burned and his body ached with exhaustion, through freezing nights and blazing hot days until they came across the mysterious cave. In there, you may find, <clears throat> you may have all the other treasures, but the lamp is mine alone. I need you to go in and fetch it for me. I fear I am too old and weak to make the journey. Aladdin agreed and entered the cave. He ventured deep into its tunnels until he came to a cavern overflowed and glittering with golden jewels of all kinds, diamond-encrusted staffs and gold statues, embroidered carpets and crowns and necklaces finer than what kings wore. Never had there been so much wealth in one room. Aladdin took all he could carry. At last, he came to the lamp, a dusty, brown, a dusty bronze ornament with simple carvings. It rested atop a marble marble pedestal set with hundreds of gems and decorated with gold and intricate ornate designs. Aladdin wondered what made it as valuable as everything else there. He returned to the elderly merchant who awaited him just before the start of the cavern. He demanded the lamp but Aladdin refused to give it over until they were out of the cave. 
The merchant didn't move, and so Aladdin forced his way past. Fool! cried the merchant. He rushed and snatched the lamp from him, but Aladdin held fast, and the cavern shook. At once, the elderly merchant revealed himself to be the Grand Vizier, and his ring genie appeared before them. Genie, take me to the palace. At once, the genie and the Grand Vizier disappeared. The tunnels began to collapse, and Aladdin ran for the exit. The cavern filled with sand and stone, and soon he was trapped in the darkness. The shaking ceased, but now he was trapped with nothing but the jewels he had taken and the lamp in his hand. Aladdin grasped in the darkness for something, anything that might help, and his hand brushed the lamp. At once a large blue genie appeared before him. What is your wish, master? Get me out of here. Take me home. The genie did, and Aladdin found himself in his mother's house, his pockets still filled with the jewels he had taken. Aladdin's mother wept when she saw him. Aladdin, my boy, what are you doing here? Mother, Aladdin pulled the riches from his pocket and presented them to her. Mother, my time on the streets has taught me many things. Now I come bearing money enough for us to live comfortable for the rest of our days. We will never want for anything again. From that day onward, Aladdin and his mother lived comfortably, selling jewels and using money to provide for themselves. They no longer knew the struggles of poverty. One day, the sultan made an announcement that any man with wealth enough to impress his daughter may have her hand in marriage, and the princess was shown off to the whole kingdom. Aladdin, entranced by her beauty, declared that he would gather wealth enough to impress the princess. He grabbed the lamp and summoned the genie. Genie, I need wealth enough to impress that of the sultan and his daughter. I wish to marry her. As you wish, master. The genie snapped his fingers, and suddenly Aladdin was dressed in the finest robes, and servants filled his house and garden. He had a horse, finely decorated, and a gem-encrusted saddle resting on a delicately embroidered blanket. His mother, dressed also in the finest of silks, wore the most beautiful jewels. Golden jewels appeared in large baskets out by their front door, which they made the servants carry. With all their bounty in tow, Aladdin walked to the castle and asked the princess's hand in marriage. The sultan, greatly impressed by such wealth, turned to his vizier. What do you think? I believe the one who holds my daughter in such high regard is surely worthy of her. The vizier eyed Aladdin, suspicious of how any one man could come up with such wealth. He couldn't quite place who this man was under the exquisite robes. I do not trust it, my lord. If a man with such wealth exists, then surely we would have known him already. That is true. But it is no matter. The ultimate test is that of my daughter. She will determine how genuine the boy truly is. The sultan brought the princess in to meet with Aladdin. The boy bowed low to her. Your majesty, you are even more beautiful up close. It is an honor to meet you. The princess watched him closely and finally said, How wealthy are you? I have more wealth than any one man could possibly imagine. How far would you go to prove your worth to me? To the very ends, your majesty, all you need do is ask, and whatever you desire shall be yours. The princess nodded to him. I want you to give up all your wealth to the people of my kingdom, anyone who needs it, and you must return with nothing but the clothes on your back. Only then will you have proven yourself to me. Aladdin was shocked by the request. Truly, everything he owned. He nodded. Of course, your highness, it shall be done at once. And so Aladdin gave every coin and jewel he owned to the people, of the, people in the city. He personally delivered a fat pouch to every family in the city until nothing but the lamp remained. To the lamp he was conflicted. Even so, he turned at last to his mother and held it out. Dear mother, I want you to have the lamp. As such, you may still know naught but comfort in this world, even if I am to have nothing.
His mother graciously accepted the lamp, and Aladdin returned at once to the palace, wearing only his old clothes for his fine ones he had given away. He returned to the palace and bowed low to the princess. Dearest princess, I have done as you requested, and owe naught but the clothes on my back. The princess came to him and pulled him into a gentle kiss. You have proven yourself to be worthy, my love, for you, have gave, you gave everything you own to the people of my kingdom, and for that I now know you will make a fine sultan. And so the two were wed at once and lived happily. The vizier, however, had learned of Aladdin's true nature when he stepped into the palace without his silken jewels. He was the street orphan he had left to die. He turned to his ring and rubbed it, revealing the ring genie. Genie, show me where the lamp is. The genie obeyed and conjured an image of the bronze lamp on a bedside table in Aladdin's mother's house. He went for it at once, and when the woman attempted to refuse him, he fought and killed her, and retrieved the lamp from her room, but failed to notice that in her manic attempts at defense, she had slipped the ring from his finger. He summoned the genie of the lamp. Genie, make me the sultan. Give me the palace and the princess and all the wealth and power you can. At once, the, gene, the wish was carried out, and, Aladdin, and while Aladdin slept, the palace and the princess disappeared, and he was left again with nothing. When he woke and found no palace and no princess, Aladdin left immediately to his mother. The only thing that could have done this was the lamp. When he threw the door open, he found his mother laying dead on the ground, and the lamp was missing. He screamed his grief and slammed his hand against the ground, causing the ring to clink against it. He grabbed the ring and eyed it curiously. This was not his mother's. The owner of the ring must have been the one responsible for this. He brushed his thumb over the jewel, and in his shock, a genie revealed itself. How may I serve you, master? Aladdin forgot his shock for but a moment and cried, Show me your previous master. Show me who is responsible for my mother's death. In moments, a vision of the vizier appeared in the palace with the princess in chains beside them. Take me to them, Aladdin cried. In another moment, he was standing at the palace. Aladdin snuck inside and found the vizier had left the princess alone for a moment. He rushed over and hugged her. The princess wept into him. Aladdin, take me from this place. I will, but first you must do something for me. You must tell me, have you seen the vizier with a bronze lamp? Yes, yes, he keeps it on him at all times, and only when his focus is on me does he not focus on it. But I refuse him. He said you were dead. Aladdin then developed a plan. My darling wife, please, do this one thing for me, and I shall free you from him. And so Aladdin told her his plan, and when the vizier returned, he rushed to hide. The vizier approached the princess, and for once, she smiled at him. My sultan, I have finally accepted that Aladdin is gone, as you say, and will mourn no longer. I accept you as my husband now. Kiss me. The vizier, pleased by this, pulled the girl into his arms and kissed her passionately, and as she held him close. As he was distracted by the kiss, Aladdin approached from behind and drove a knife through his back. The vizier froze. Traitor! He gasped out and released her. In only moments, he fell over dead, and the lamp rolled away from his body. Aladdin snatched it up and summoned the genie. Genie, return everything as it was. The genie obeyed, and everything was once again set right. From that day forward, Aladdin lived happily married to the princess, and at the end of the sultan's life, took over, and ruled for many peaceful years after.